This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, obviously, guys, you know, we get together, we do these, uh, you know, these Twitter mailbags, and obviously a lot of it's today is going to be around one general area. So we'll get to that as we roll on through your Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith from Browns Maven through the SI, uh, through SI.com for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, your local experts on the biggest stories. Um, normally we get to this, and I want to keep it going because I almost feel like, you know, you don't ever want to mess, you know, the old line. Don't mess with the streak. Um, and we had a whole bunch of audio issues and technical difficulties on the pregame show, which you guys never got, and I do apologize for that. But Pete, Friday night, you guys hit 9-0. and We were kind of joking during the week. You know, the one thing you guys really didn't get to do was toss the pill around. Um, but the boys now are 9-0, and and you got to accomplish that goal Friday night. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we played against Woodridge. They insisted on doing everything they could to stop the run, which obviously that's not, you know, surprising given what we do. Uh, and they played up, so we had an opportunity to take some up, uh, passes down the field, uh, and and you know uh, we completely threw eight passes in the game, completed six of them, happened to go for 215 yards, and then uh, five touchdowns, four of them in the first half. So for a kid who's thrown up to that point, had thrown eight touchdowns this season, it's certainly exciting for him, and uh, excited for the seniors who have put in you know, two years of hard work going four and six the past two seasons, knowing they wanted to accomplish this. Uh, and now they, you know, they, they won, you know, the Portage Trail Conference Metro Division uh, title, which they've never done since they've been in this conference. And uh, they can do no worse than tying the best, most successful regular season in program history, uh, which dates back to 1992. Uh, Jeff was 35 at that point. Uh, 19, but whatever. Uh, and so they went. They went nine and one that year and went to the playoffs. Uh, we are uh, at this point nine and zero. Oh, we have qualified for the playoffs. It's just a question of where uh, we'll be seated. Uh, which again, making the playoffs will be the only only the third time in this program's history. Uh, so yeah, very proud of those guys, and obviously happy for for. Uh, quarterback Mason Climac uh, getting to throw the pill around all eight times. I had to check to see if his arm was okay today. Uh, he seemed fine. Uh, <laughs> wasn't too tired, but yeah, so very happy for him. He got to, you know, it's one of those things where sort of waiting, you know, we had talked about it. We we're sort of waiting for him to, you know, it had, had been sort of there and wait for the better part of a month as well he, as he was playing, and it sort of came out all in that one foul swoop, so uh, he got to sort of see all that hard work come out in that one, so it's it's good. And they hadn't beaten Woodridge, I think, in nine years. We've been there three, so we played twice before. Uh, beat them this year, so that was big for those guys, especially the seniors who have never beaten Woodridge. Obviously, uh, wanted that one pretty bad. Um, and the good thing about this is, you know, obviously, you know, I, I've talked with Pete. The, his quarterback is younger. Um, the JV program went nine and zero at Streetsboro. So it, it's great to see. It's always good to see the results because, you know, I mean, you put in the work, but look, eventually you want to see results and see where it's come. And I'm excited actually just kind of almost like side saddling through this ride here. And look, everybody, you know, 
if we're football fans now, we probably had something to do with, you know, high school football and that type of stuff. And it's just different at that era because it's fun and it's friends and it's people you've spent your life with and grown up with. Um, that being said, we're going to transition here to some Cleveland Browns talk. And Pete, I, I don't know if this is almost a John Dorsey of a, you know, well, I'm sick of everybody asking about it. And then finally you put him on the field yesterday in his first rep in over a month. He gets a pressure on Tom Brady, forces a, a throw away. But you moved on from Jannard Avery. Um, you, you require you get back. I'm sorry. You acquire a fourth round pick in the 2021 NFL draft. You know, which feels like light years away, guys. That is the draft that will be in Cleveland. Um, so just just so you know, that's how far away it actually is. But Pete, um, on the surface, I mean, this team right now is two and five. And look, you know, from all a lot of these fans who are ready to move on from Freddie, there's a small faction of them ready to move on from John Dorsey too. You know, patience, 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 patience. But it was almost of a Pete, like, well, we don't know how to use them right with Steve Wilkes. And like I'm saying, this team is two and five currently. We're not sure how he works with Steve Wilkes' system. Well, in nine games, we're not sure if Freddie's gonna be here. Hell, we're not sure if Steve Wilkes is gonna be here. You're it's it's a year and a half away. I mean a fourth round pick, you know, what would you hope for? Maybe a young guy that if you use situationally would bring you a little bang for your buck. That's what you just traded away. The The mistake here is not playing the kid. He, he didn't do anything wrong. And by no means whatsoever is he below one of the top 46 players on this roster it's just a bad move. He was your third best defensive end. I don't want to care. I mean, look, if you wanted to jettison Chris Smith and and look with all he went through, I don't want to talk like I'm being a jerk to Chris Smith, but if you wanted to use Chad Thomas more in obvious run situations, obvious pass situations, you could have just as easily used an asset like Gerald Avery. Um, so, okay. There's a lot. First, um, I, I feel like, Jannard Avery's sophomore season was wasted by the Browns. Uh, I feel like the trade was made because they're valuing system over talent. Um, I they effectively on in terms of value, they effectively broke even. A fourth round pick in 2021 is a fifth round pick in 2020. You invested a fifth round pick to get Jannard Avery. You broke even. Um, but when you look at what he was able to do in his rookie season, he was able to do with Greg Williams could figure out how to get him on the field. And this is by no means, you know, suggesting Greg Williams should be here or anything like that, but um, you have talent. It's, you know, it seems like it's on you to sort of figure it out and unwilling to do that. Even when they put him on the field, it was, it was that, that backer as opposed to like, you're just putting him on uh and an end position and letting him put his hand on the ground. Uh, he was effective, which certainly suggests he should be uh, retained, but they went ahead and moved him. Uh, and, you know, you're, you can't make the case that Chad Thomas or, or Chris Smith is a better football player. And, and you're, you're, you're forced to try to do that through scheme. And that's, you know, unsatisfying to put, say the least. As far as Steve Wilkes goes, it certainly sounds like they're committing to Steve Wilkes or at least his scheme 
for the foreseeable future. Uh, because obviously, you know, if the, if the Bronx fire were to fire Freddie Kitchens after this year, and let's say they clean house, and let's say they were to hire somebody like, throw out a name here, Jim Schwartz, where Jannard Avery is now going to play. Uh, if you hire Jim Schwartz to be your head coach, because he's been connected to Dorsey before, um, you now are doing the same thing over again where you're potentially trading away players that could be effective because they you're trying to then fit get talent players that fit this scheme. And on some level, everybody does that, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating because obviously Avery was somebody that showed they could play. Uh, so it's just exhausting to sort of see this happen. And you're like, yeah, you mentioned he, he should have been, we expected that him to have a good season, be the third pass rusher behind uh, Miles Garrett and, and uh, Olivier Vernon. And now not only do you not have that, you now have created another hole you have to address because you are one awkward landing, you're one you know, bad step, whatever, away from having to put Chad Thomas or Chris Smith in as a starter. And neither one of them is a starter. Neither one of them really is a backup at this point. They're not really depth. So you, you've now created a hole. Um, so there's just a lot that comes off of this. You know, behind the scenes, you know, I've never heard anything to suggest Jannard Avery was anything but a – good player, hard worker, guy who didn't, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, wasn't somebody who was like, you know, malcontent, especially in, in light of the fact he wasn't playing. Um, and, the, the, you know, we're, we're dealing with the Browns, now, you know, Baker Mayfield uh, saying in public that it's about accountability, that guys need to focus on doing their job, those type of things. Uh, you're not gaining in, in that area when you move on from a guy like Jannard Avery. And I think ultimately, uh, you know, again, you break even on the value here, but it feels like you, you've sort of wasted not only Jannard Avery's second season, but you wasted a roster spot for holding him as long as you did. And, and again, I mean, they did the same thing with Austin Corbett, but when you compare what they got for Austin Corbett, who showed nothing, compared to Jannard Avery, who at least showed a pulse and, and, and made plays for you, to get one round difference in that draft is, is, uh, you know, it's underwhelming. It's disappointing. It's, it's, it's just one more, it feels like one more loss after taking that ugly loss yesterday. So it's, yeah, it's just great. It's, it's just not great. And you just, um, it also feels a little bit, and, and I, this is probably a little bit of a reach, but I'll throw it out there anyway. It feels like, uh, John Dorsey feels a little overextended with how he used his draft picks. And I'm not unhappy with any of the trades he made as far as like getting Justin McCray or, or, or uh, Wyatt Teller or Taiwan Taylor, or those guys. I thought those were, you know, really reasonable trades, but now all of a sudden it feels like they're, they feel like a little short in terms of the draft pick department. And some of that's because of the move, you know, the moves to get Beckham and, 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 and Vernon and, and by extension, the trade they made for, Tyrod Taylor and some of the picks they haven't hit on that, you know, the Browns currently sit with seven picks in next year's draft. And it feels like maybe they're not satisfied with that. And obviously these are 2021 picks, which could be obviously kept until 2021. They could be trades. They could be sweeteners. They could be lots of things, but it does feel a little bit like 
they feel shorthanded, albeit, you know, at the same time, it may be a situation where, you know, they wanted to get something they could use as opposed to getting nothing. Um, I am grateful they didn't trade for a tackle uh, with Gennard Avery. I'd rather (laughs) take the draft pick than, than, you know, a 300-pound bag of manure to throw out there that wasn't going to help the situation. And I hope the Browns don't do anything stupid like, be the two and five team that gives up a premium asset to go add Trent Williams for half a year this year. And then next year when half a year, you know, it feels like it's on the brink of being a disaster. I think the Browns can still be effective, but I don't think you're a Trent Williams away from fixing it. He doesn't address any of the issues they're having unless, unless trading for Trent Williams fixes the penalties, fixes the turnovers or any of the other stuff going wrong. It just feels like it would feel like, throwing good money after bad this season. Yeah, we're going to get to a little bit more here on the Gennard Avery thing, and obviously we'll get to a little bit more, obviously, as far as the trade deadline, which is now, you know, well under the 20 hours away. Um, but uh, more here with Jeff Lloyd and Pete Smith on Locked On Browns. A true football fan, you as a true football fan, you already know, as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, they get the job done week in, week out in the clutch moments. Every weekend, your favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the be- to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season. So it's time for you to get off the couch, get out of the office pools, and get into the game. That's where mybookie.ag comes in. If you can pick spreads, if you were good fantasy-wise, whether or not a player's fantasy over-under is something you can do, If you can look at a 16-game slate and say, here are three sure winners, jump in on parlays. That's where mybookie.ag comes in. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You can bet parlays. You can bet on the over-unders on fantasy points. Pick games straight. There are live in-game betting where if your initial thought process isn't going so great, you can jump in at halftime, bet the back door, save yourself some money that way. So many avenues with mybookie.ag. They have more uh, more fr- uh, friendly lines than any other sports book. They've been sponsoring here for two years. Trust me, they ain't going anywhere. Obviously, if they're going to do 35 NFL shows, they've got staying power. So check out mybookie.ag. Go to it, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, mybookie.ag. Again, your initial deposit, they will match up to 100% using the promo code Locked On. All caps, no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. My biggest issues here, Pete, are I'm not going to argue the value. I, I think you did essentially get good value. A couple things I'm going to go with here. What we talked about last year was Chad Thomas was not a hit. Um Look, he's still not a hit as a third-round pick. Where you basically CYA, and we've talked about this before, covered your ass, was you got Gennard Avery in the fifth round. Uh, this year, the scheme is different. Um, and look, Chad Thomas is playing, um, but not, you know, if you wanted to move on from Chris Smith and just, you know, at this point, I guess it would be a release. He's not doing enough where you can move on from him. And again, not picking on Chris Smith. Obviously, the guy's got a lot going on in his life. But Gennard Avery was a better player. Gennard Avery was a better player than Chad Thomas. Um, well, it's we wanted to put more weight on him. Maybe he was a little small for our scheme. 
He runs a sub seven three cone at the combine. He did twenty six reps of two twenty five at the combine. He ran a sub four six at the combine. Maybe the question is not look at him as what his physical measurements are at six foot. Uh, you know, two fifty five is probably his max. Don't apply that. Apply who the hell the guy is. Not exactly what he looks like or what he weighs. And Gerard Avery, you know, obviously, you know, country strong, country tough. The guy literally, we have evidence of him bull rushing tackles. Guys who are still employed in the employed in the NFL, bull rushing them. It's not a question of his size. You just didn't give him the chance here in this scheme and moved on from it. And that's the point. That's where it basically sticks in my cross, so to speak. It's bad business. Don't base it on height, weight, based on what the hell the guy does on film. And he never really got the chance in the system for you to give an educated decision to make this move. He's going to go to Philly. I'm going to tell you right now, he's probably going to do well. Philly don't care. They've, for years, rocked with undersized defensive ends, whether it's Brandon Graham, guys like that. They're not concerned about that. And the other thing is, if Philly wants something that you may be willing to give up from, Philly's one of the best-run organizations in the NFL right now. So if they want something that you might move on from, that should tell you something. And that's the part, Pete, that kind of aggravates me. I agree that it does feel like there's a lot of potential for this to get worse. Like, he could go out and, and do things for Philadelphia and, and the Eagles and, and, you know, whether they're going to put him in a wide nine or whatever. Uh, but he could go out and make plays and sit there and, and, you know, if he goes out and gets a sack or, or you know, this coming week or whatever, and, and people are sitting there looking at, at, at Chad Thomas, who has one sack. Uh, and eh, eh, It's a quarterback who kind of ran into him, but okay. Well, nevertheless, I, I think it's going to be pretty quick that people are going, we gave up this and we have this. Um, the scheme thing's tough. I, I get it on some level. You know, you don't want your guy to get reached, that type of stuff. But it's a situational pass rusher. At some point, you're just saying, who can I put on the field to get, get to the quarterback? And it feels like Gennard Avery clearly had the ability to do that. Um, I think that losing Gennard Avery kind of really hurts uh, in terms of John Dorsey's sort of draft success. Like, he was hailed as a savior in part, uh, the majority of it was built on the 2018 draft. And obviously getting Baker Mayfield was great. Getting Denzel Ward was a great pick. Although, again, I've made this point, and people still keep arguing with it. He could not miss. There's no bad pick. Like, they're all great. Every one of them is great. Yep. Uh, unless you were, like, going to take another quarterback, you know, take two just to do it, or you ended up with, like, Deron Payne. You were going to hit on a stud, and and people can make the argument that Jairi Alexander is better. Uh, so it's just as a corner. Uh, Nick Chubb is great, um, and, and I think somebody point, made that point on Jairi Alexander, but I don't know who that guy is. Uh, it could have been. Um, so <laughs> you have Mayfield at, at one, you have uh, you know Denzel Ward at four, and then you have Chubb at thirty-five. You also missed on thirty-three badly. I think they have made up for it ultimately, but still, 65 and 67 are terrible. 
you know, Tyra Taylor, you got nothing. I, 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 again, I understand what they were trying to do. It makes sense in theory. It just didn't work at all, and it was a waste as a result. Chad Thomas, uh, Antonio Callaway has talent, but you cannot trust him as far as you can throw him. You cannot, you know, plan your team around him at this point. You, you basically have to treat every year as you're getting something like a bonus. Every then, day. Yeah, I mean, and then, you know, you had Jannard Avery sitting in the fifth round where it's like, wow, look at it. You know, John Dorsey's a threat to hit from any pick, and, and on some level he still is. I think Drew, Drew Forbes is going to be a really nice pick. But then it's Damian Ratley, who's, you know, it seems okay for the, the pick, but he hasn't really, you know, it, it hasn't really clicked. He's still on the team, and those, that's good. And then, you know, Simeon Thomas didn't make the team, uh, you know, and and the third date, you know, that's that's tough. It's a, you know that 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 really puts a damper. I think there were a ton of assets that for that class that year, and you hit on one three and and thirty five, which you're supposed to. Those are the picks you're supposed to hit, and he did. And he gets credit for it, absolutely. But you know, it's from that's that's not exactly savior stuff. That's doing reasonably well as a GM. We've seen better. We've seen better recently. So that these if are. If you had things, taken Harold Landry, you wouldn't have had to take Thomas or Avery. But hey. What do we know? Yeah, or, I mean, you could have, you know, <laughs> drafted Will Hernandez. You could have taken Connor Williams. There were a lot of guys that would have that would be contributing right now, and, and ultimately you, you now have a fifth-round 2021 pick. And, and I like Teller. I think ultimately that will make up for it. But you don't have that same situation with defensive end. You now have just a hole there, and, and now you have one more thing you have to address this offseason. What do you mean? You brought in Don, you brought in uh, oh my god, the guy who started the the brawl, uh, Dontrell. I know it's more. He was in for a workout today. Why didn't you just keep Gennard Avery around? Yeah, I mean, again, it feels arbitrary on on some level to just say, well, he doesn't fit our scheme. But you know, increasingly, especially when it comes to pass rush just put guys on the field and get to the quarterback because there's going to be situations where that's always prudent. Second and second and 12, you know, third and eight, you know, you just get them on the field and, 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 and let them go get after the quarterback. And, you know, obviously that can't happen if he's not here. And now you're sitting there relying, I think everything on Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon, which they are phenomenal. They've played unbelievable the last two games in particular as a group, but you know, you get hurt. You know, you sprain an ankle, even if it's not a significant thing, and, and suddenly you're relying on, you know, Chad Thomas and Chris Smith to make not just play, not just be on the field, but they have to be effective. And I don't know that either is capable at this point. And for me, the, also the thing is, though, is look, you're going to bring up, I mean, unless another move is made, I mean, you have an open roster spot. And I look at that practice squad, and it's, I mean, th- there's nothing there that says, ooh. I'd like to get a look at that guy. I mean, I mean, look. I mean, if it was a if it was a no brainer, and I'm not complaining about the value, but if you were going to say it was a 2023rd, all right, you weren't using them. All right, I mean, this is enough to satisfy me. Where okay, but you ain't nothing's coming up from this practice squad that, that's going to be better than Gennard Avery. It's just, it's just frustrating, and it also makes me wonder, like, well. Is Steve Wilkes's word the the be all end all here? Because it seemed like John Dorsey was really proud of his fifth round pick up until Steve Wilkes got to town and they asked him to fatten up and then he wasn't explosive. It's just frustrating. I mean, good player, 
good kid. Go ahead. I, I guess on some level, you give John Dorsey credit for willing to be willing to move. Flexible, on, yeah. I guess on the on the other hand, I don't. You could have just traded Chad Thomas and said play play Jared Avery. That's all you got. Uh, you know, like you did with uh, Nick Chubb and just Carlos said, Hyde. Oh, don't want to put don't want to put him on the field. Carlos Hyde the Jaguar. One hundred percent. Chad Thomas. Chad Thomas would appreciate it going back to Florida. So if I find we got three teams down there. Send him to one of them. Tell the Dolphins, hell, you know, we'll give you a seventh round pick along with it. You know, just he's 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 Miami's problem once again. We will get to a little bit more here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, obviously. Uh, don't forget, you are probably paying way too much for your car insurance. But why pay for your car when you are not using it? This is where the PackedAuto.com app comes into play. Pause coverages when you don't drive. You control how much you save. That's savings on demand with Packed Insurance. You can find them at PackedAuto.com, P-A-C-T-A-U-T-O.com. We appreciate Packed Auto and the sponsorship of the podcast. Pete, before we get into Browns-wise trade deadline, the Giants traded a third. And a conditional pick for Leonard Williams, who was a free agent at the year's end. They are two and six. They've invested heavily in the defensive line. What in the flying hell are the Giants doing with this trade? Yeah, it feels like they're trying to remake uh, the old Minnesota Vikings or Chicago Bears defensive line when they had the Williams wall and then the Bears when they had just two fat guys or the Patriots did the same thing. The Ravens a little bit just had two big fat guys sort of sit there and clog things up, which is really not prudent anymore. Uh, maybe. Nope. They really want a never ending rotation of defensive. Tack- Cause it's not like they're ends. It's all defensive tackles. It's all interior guys. And that's what makes it perplexing. Um, you know, they're allegedly thrilled with, what they're getting out of uh, their 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 first round nose tackle, Lawrence. Uh, yeah, Dexter Lawrence. So, it, it, you know, and and if they sign uh, Williams to a, a new contract, it becomes a fourth round pick. So, it's you know they, they basically have to sign him, and then they're they're green to give up more. It, it everything with Dave Gettleman just seems incredibly short-sighted and just doesn't make much sense. I, I, I Two and six. Why are you acquiring players? Why? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's the thing. You're basically saying we have to extend them. It's the only way this makes sense. So, and you're hoping that an LA Southern California kid who's now been here for this amount of time is going to stay. I got to be honest. I don't see any chance in hell. He's going to stay here. He's had a bad taste of this area since he's been here. His career hasn't gone where he wants. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, his agency's gonna find him in the right spot, and you know, it's just so, just once when you think maybe even like the Giants with where Lawrence is maybe playing better than I thought, Daniel Jones is playing a little better than I thought. They go and do something stupid like this. I just don't get it. And his team has no freaking pass rush. Leonard Williams has seven and a half sacks over his last 48 NFL games. Like, what the hell are you doing? Right, and and uh, the Jets have not been great at much of anything. Uh, from, from This was a win. Standpoint. It's a great deal for them. 
like it's a huge boost. They just they just got paid back for uh, Jakai Polite in one move. They they basically recouped it. This you know for a player they weren't going to keep uh, that was going to walk, and, and maybe they would have gotten a different kind of compensatory pick, I suppose. But ultimately, they they get something for what they thought was nothing. So they they get a big deal. But yeah, the Giants continue to be a rudderless mess. Nothing they're doing makes any sense. Uh, I, I just, that, that team just continues to look doomed. Uh, maybe this works out better than than we think it does. And they've got some sweet four defensive tackle line ready to ready to come out and and show everybody. But at least for the moment, they're dreadful and. There's nothing good coming out of that. Uh, it's Saquon Barkley and and friends, I guess, uh, right now. And and he didn't help Saquon Barkley with this move, so I, I don't know what 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 the plan is. Yeah, I mean, they're they're. It seems like they take their team day by day, and that is like the, the craziest part because any decision you make, NFL wise, it needs to be what is good for us the next four weeks, four months four years because anybody's worth a grain of salt. That's how long you expect to be in your gig. Just shit show. Absolute shit show. Pete, um, Browns wise trade deadline, obviously tomorrow, four o'clock. I'm to the point now, Pete, where I want to get somebody in there to maybe man that fax machine because I am getting a little nervous, but look, uh, if you're Demarius Randall, if you're Hollywood Higgins, whether you're TJ Carey or Terrence Mitchell, maybe just pack a bag tonight. Um, if you're not getting a phone call tomorrow at 3.30, 3.45, at least you're ready for the trip to Denver. But look, if you're going to move an asset or two, that's fine. But I don't think acquiring anything here, unless God forbid somebody all of a sudden just loses their freaking mind and wants to give up a stud franchise left tackle for really, really cheap, and the whole talk with Trent Williams, and maybe they have a second-round pick in tow. And part of me is concerned that the Browns could be that second-round pick in tow. What do you think? What do you foresee? Heavy, nothing. What do you see for the Browns tomorrow? Uh, It would make all the sense in the world for them to sell off players like Demarius Randall if they can get anything for him to sell off. Rashard Higgins, if they don't intend to use him, because he's, uh, you know, they. they as aren't soon as he got on that, fu- as soon as he got on that field, Baker went to him like like a baby who had just lost his freaking pacifier. Yeah, I, I, and, and and the whole thing today, I, I don't know what to make of that. There's something else there. Maybe it's simpler than that. Maybe it's more complicated. I don't know, but the whole thing with Freddie Kitchens, who never says anything. All of a sudden, like they, 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 it seemed like they called out Rashard Higgins, and it's like, well, did he fail a pot test? Did he fail two pot tests? Did they find his car with like pieces of a gun and weed in it? It was like nobody ever reacted anyway about anything Antonio Callaway's ever done. But um, maybe Rashard Higgins spoke at a turn by saying he was ready to play against San Francisco. That whole thing was just weird. Yeah, it's it's possible. Um... But, yeah, I mean, those guys who, who aren't going to be here, the Browns don't seem likely to be in the market to get compensatory picks this offseason. So if they're not going to use some of these guys and they're saying, well, we've got nine games left for Shard Higgins, it's, it's not really going to 
make or break us, we can go ahead and, and somebody's offering something for him, and I think he could help a team. Uh, Demarius Randall can absolutely help a team, and this has been just a disaster for him this year. Uh, but those guys who are in the last year of contracts that aren't doing much uh, certainly fall on the same line as as uh, Jannard Avery did. So I, I don't necessarily expect anything to happen, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if either of those two things. The, the move that would stun me would be the one that people keep mentioning is David Njoku. I don't see any semblance of, of that making any sense because as much as uh, John Dorsey may have said, you know, in the public, he wishes he was a better blocker and all that stuff. He knows how valuable good tight ends are. And David Njoku, even with the warts he has and things he needs to improve on is still a good tight end. They're just extraordinarily valuable. So that would surprise me, especially given the fact he's injured. Uh, you know, you're obviously dealing with something where his, his value is potentially compromised. So that one, that's the one that I don't get, but these one year deals, TJ Carey certainly fits in that uh, mold because they aren't going to keep him next year or this coming, this coming year. It was always, you know, him and Chris Hubbard were well signed to deals where, you, you know, it was an out after two years that was very reasonable. Two and uh, two. So, yeah, I mean, it, those are all players where they can go ahead and move them. And, and you know, it, it does – you can certainly go, all oh, the Browns are selling, they haven't given up on the season. In this case, I, I think it's more of a case of we don't – you know, we're going to move on without these players anyway, so we might as well get something for them now, uh, which is something I suppose more NFL teams should do. Uh, and don't, which is probably why this won't end up happening. But yeah, those are the players <laughs> I could see moving. Well, and look, and now that you have Denzel and Greedy back, you know, it, 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 we've talked about this where it's it's twelve defensive backs. And look, whether it's Jackson or Tavy or Thomas, maybe you want to see if they can give you just a little bit more than special teams. Um, you know, the Rashard Higgins things. Look, if there's a tell-all, I want it. Um, we think the world of him, if there's something where he didn't tow the line, which I think it might be more of he didn't tow their line as opposed to actually towing the line. Cause you know, Rashard Higgins is, he's been 100% about being part of what this franchise is, you know, enjoyed the highs, the little bit of them that there were last year and, you know, felt really bad about not being, be able to be a part of this. It just, it's, Again, it's it's very the Rashard Higgins thing is very similar to Charlie Avery. It's just confusing, and it's one of those I want answers type of things, and that's the frustrating part. Uh, before we start to put this one to bed here, the latest over at Browns Maven. Uh, yeah. So talking about Freddie Kitchens, uh, the all the you know all the everything with him, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, discussing penalties and if they're a reflection on, you know, if they're really an indication of somebody being a good coach or any of that stuff. Uh, I've released a thing on uh, Jannard Avery, uh, working on some other stuff, I suppose, uh, and just keep on going. All right, and here's one um, we I did earlier, and John, uh, John Costco wanted to bring this up. He wanted to talk – you know, and hier- hierarchy of any NFL organization. It's ownership, it's GM, 
it's head coach, it's quarterback. Of those four, Pete, what are you the most confident in in this Cleveland Browns franchise right now? Say that again. A hierarchy of a franchise. It's ownership, it's general manager, it's head coach, it is quarterback. That's what what makes any good hub of an NFL franchise run. Which one of these four are you most confident, Browns-wise? Quarterback. I, I have Thank no, you. Thank I you. have no fear with Baker Mayfield. I, I, like, I understand the warts and the things that are going on and all that. But the, the reality is, you know, he has all the ability in the world. Uh, and he showed it. You know, it wasn't, like, pretty, but he's the best quarterback the Patriots have faced so far this year. Uh, he was effective. You know, the, the stupid missed assignment, apparently, according to Freddie, about uh, uh, on that on the shuffle pass that was intercepted. Apparently, somebody was supposed to block that end, whether it was not supposed to be pulled or, you know, some, it would have been Betonio in that case. The left guard was supposed to, to get him. Uh, whatever. Uh, that, you know, is a, it, it counts as an interception. He only had one real bad decision where he got fooled on the one corner route and ended up throwing the step on Gilmore. Uh, yep. And look, Gilmore, that, Gilmore's Steph- good. He'll bait you. So, I mean, that's, you know, he'll get, he, Stefan Gilmore's gotten a bunch of guys. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and that's where it was. I mean, look, you know, Freddie right now, like, he can't get out of his own way as far as reviews, can't get out of his own way with stop yelling at the, you know, the officials. Um, and John Dorsey right now, look, you're moving on from players. For this, I mean, look, you move on for Jordan Avery. It, it's moving on for the sake of moving on. You didn't give him, like, you didn't play him in this system to say, oh, he doesn't fit. That's the part that's aggravating. The Haslam's, we've talked about this. Put on the nice clothes, Jimmy and D, walk around, shake hands, hold babies, take pictures, be true owners. Yeah, but the one thing I'm confident here is, you know, I'm, I, we'll roll with six. Six, we're, we're fine with that. Figure the rest of it out, and that's kind of where we're at here. Um, I guys, always a pleasure here. Um just breaking down stuff. And look, you know, two and five, we're about to play Denver. Um, this looks like it could be an easy one, but this isn't going to be nothing to hang your head over. It'll be similar probably to the Jet game. Go in there, get out with the W, get out healthy. Let's roll on. Let's start a November run here to get to December. That's the goal. That's where we're at. Browns Maven, at Browns Maven on Twitter. Make sure you're following over there. Obviously, through SI.com, check out Browns Maven and all the stuff over there. At underscore Pete Smith underscore the show itself. At Locked On Browns, follow back account. DMs are always open. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over, the, over there as well. Just trying to put out continuous good content for you guys every day. Trying to take what you guys want to hear, put it in the shows that we do. Appreciate everybody for being along for the ride. And I know you guys are upset today. I get it. Um, you know, obviously, you know, but guess we're not blaming Nick Chubb. Okay. If your problem is Nick Chubb, who's averaging over a hundred rushing yards per game, let that one go and know he's not going to be benched. Stop with that nonsense. He's way too good of a player. He's your best skill player that you have right now. Um, and the response today, look, uh, you know, everybody's still here. I was really nervous today when we put up the post game show and looking at the numbers like, oh, this is probably is not going to be a good day at all. But look, you guys are still bought in, at least for you know the lifers. I get it. It's cool. It's two and five. Go seven and two. 
go eight and one. You'll be knocking on the door for the opportunity. Go for it. It's, it, it, it's possible. It's capable. Just get it right. This has been your daily delivery of all things all found. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.